Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Stephen from The Black Queen. Check it out. I am here with Steve from The Black Queen. Steve, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I can hold it if you want. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I'm good. Uh, just uh, got done with sound check and doing this, and then I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, you know, the important things to, uh, I got it. The important things to uh, take care of yourself, health and well-being on tour, you know. Um, it's essential, I imagine, to try to get as much rest in as possible. Yeah, I've, I'm kind of an insomniac, so it's it's, it's a little weird. I, I'd sleep better when the bus is moving, actually. <laughs> I've heard that from a lot of people, actually. Um, and then do you, do you find yourself kind of like early morning check-ins and load-ins uh, spazzing out? Yeah, I'm usually tired, really tired in the mornings. And then after once we get sound checked on, I usually take a nap and then I'm good for show and, you know, just that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys on the headline tour. Great to see you back here in New York again. Um, a lot of uh, growth and difference, I think, uh, between the first record and the second record. Uh, huge fan here. And uh, I wanted to kind of talk to you about, you know, just kind of the vision between the two records and how you guys sort of grew together. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the first one took a long time to do because everybody was on different tours and things and, you know, getting together. All this in the same room took a lot, you know, a lot. And and then, you know, or file trading, et cetera, excuse me. And then um, I would think that uh, between the first and second one, we played a lot, you know, we started playing a lot more shows. And then the, the Infinite Games, the second record, we actually all did in one time period. So it sounds actually more like cohesive overall. So it's like all the same equipments used and, and uh, you know, we, we all were working every day in the studio together. So it was a lot more uh, there was a more togetherness about the record than than the, the last one. The last one was a, a, a very difficult to make. So, well, they say you have your uh, for all your life to make your first record. Of course, not your for any of your first record or first project ever, but you have. Uh, a long lead up time to do the first thing ever with a new project and then obviously five minutes to do the rest yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, or the next and uh, I think it is a more cohesive record I love I love the first record but I think the new one's a more cohesive record for sure and I you know I, I think about this sometimes I think all technology plays a huge role in this type of band be, being able to even come into his ex existence and um you know, it's weird in the past, probably, you know, 20 years ago, we sent the tapes to so-and-so in another state meant a whole different thing than I, sh I uploaded the file to the Dropbox. Did you get it? What do you think of this track, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Technology plays a big part. And like even the first record, there was a lot of things where, let's say, because uh, we we're doing file trading and things like that, and we we're in different places that we didn't have as much... Um, uh, let's say we we I don't we, or we maybe used more technology because we were relying more on computers to get certain sounds and things because we didn't we couldn't just have equipment everywhere because we didn't really have a studio that was you know fully built out like we do now where we have synthesizers set up and amps and everything ready to go if we have an idea you know anything inspiration sparks you know we gotta we can record it immediately as opposed to just like being on a laptop and then just you know, just hit, hitting some, you know, hitting some keys and then recording just the, you know, whatever uh, soft synths and things like that as opposed to hardware gear. So, yeah. Nice. And what a uh, percentile would you put on uh, stuff that's sort of sequenced and programmed as opposed to played live and written? Um, I don't know. It's, it, it depends. Uh, it depends on what, what you're trying to accomplish. I mean, it's like it's as long as I feel like 
you can have things like let's say people always go oh there's a, you know that has a groove or whatever you want to call it it's like uh, sometimes it's a hundred percent quantized and the, they they don't know why there's a groove but the groove might be from the baseline being played live and and everything being really really stiff in a different spot kind of like a, I don't know like there's a bunch of like. I guess like Dr. Dre songs where he uses the same swing or whatever you want to call it on the MPC, but all the instrumentation, all the samples have this other type of swing because of the old records he uses that he sampled. So yeah, you can have a mix, you can have a hybrid between both. I think we're, I don't know. It depends on the song, what's, what's played and what's not played. Cause sometimes I, I might quantize a thing, have it like really, really tight and then go back later and just play over it. You know what I mean? Just play it again by by hand, and then I like that better. So depends. You know, it depends on the the mood of the the piece. And I guess you get to go with your gut that way, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just kind of like sometimes I'm I'll be like, oh man, that feels like it's it's stiff. You know what I mean? It just doesn't have a you know the whatever it needs. Or you just go, oh, maybe I'll just play the hi hats in. Everything else is just you know totally sequenced, and then just play the hi hats by hand the whole time. And that gives it a feel, you know. So. Killer. Um, compared to the first record, when you said you had a long lead time, did you guys come in with any pre-written songs or, you know, sort of uh, partial ideas already in the can? Yeah, there was a lot of different, um, a lot of elements like that we already had, we kind of had, like Greg had a bunch of beats and things that he did from, it could be from any, any time, not even like when we started the band, like it could have been way before, years before. I had stuff from a really long time ago. And uh, even like, it's crazy, like even on like, let's say on Infinite Games, I had um, One Edge of Two, that main riff was something I wrote when I was maybe 16 and I've wanted to use it for something. And I just, I played it at Soundcheck one time and then Greg's like, oh, we got to use that. So I said, okay, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? I already had it. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, you know, I think that's uh, every good musician or every musician kind of has their little toolbox of uh you know their little mystery pack of old old licks and riffs that they never got to use and they can repurpose i don't, i think that's kind of everybody that ever has ever played music probably ever yeah. i think everybody has a composing thing i love this thing i don't know where to put it i'd love to use it someday right yeah you can't you can't always use every part and just because it's a good part doesn't mean it has to be used you have to use kind of common sense with or you know have a taste level of or a vision where you know okay well this isn't this doesn't quite fit i can't just jam it in there just because it sounds good on its own so you gotta you know sometimes you just keep those for a while and then come back to it later yeah cool uh and um thinking about now taking this out on the road you guys did a huge tour of europe you just came back from australia and i know you have more planned when it comes to playing live, uh, do you feel like that looseness that you alluded to earlier, that you're able to sort of plug back into the tracks when you're writing them, helps them sound a little more warm and real live than, you know, a bunch of uh, sequencers? Yeah, well, live, I do a lot of, uh, I play guitar live, as and some of the songs don't even have guitar on, on the record, but live I repurpose things and figure out how to play apart or I play a lot of like weird spatially things and pad it pad type things and and loop do a lot of looping and stuff because people I've heard people go you know say he's not even playing guitar and it's like you're not using your brain then because I'm doing a lot of different stuff you know what I mean there's a lot of yeah a lot of like textural elements I I love you know paint painting with sound kind of thing you know what I mean most people just they see a guitar and they they want to hear like Stevie Ray Vaughan or something it's like that's not the kind of guitar player I am so 
but it's not a bad thing. I, lo- I love Stevie. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. Respect yeah. to Stevie Ray. But um, I think that anniversary of his death just passed like a yeah. year ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very sad to remember that. Um, don't go in helicopters ever. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like all the good all the good guys just die like so young and, and, and quick. It's, it's really a shame. Don't go in a helicopter. <laughs> Right, right on. Uh, and speaking of, uh, I don't, I don't, I think I know probably the least about you of everybody okay. in the group. So I kind of wanted to just chat with you about, you know, some of your influences and why you picked up instruments. And, you know, I think people know you from your tech career, but obviously you played music for a long time and, you know, something must have inspired you to start, right? So I like to start there sometimes. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I played alto sax first and then I moved to piano and then I ended up moving the guitar and like, and then, and then I got into like synthesizers and stuff later on, like later teen age years and uh it's weird i uh, i'm trying to think like i don't know i'd listen basically just like my dad would play musical my dad and my mom and would play music all the time different types of music so i got really into different things like even like when i was a kid my mom loves iron maiden so i'd hear iron maiden a lot and then i would uh we'd listen to like sade and uh all kinds of stuff my dad got me into typo negative um he listened to a lot of hip-hop and and funk so like um trying to think like maybe like Ohio players and things like that. Houdini. I don't know. I have like a, I have a weird uh, set of influences. And so, I mean, so does Greg, obviously he likes a lot of R and B and stuff, but uh, I'm really mostly influenced by, I think cinema more, more so than even music. And that's kind of how this, like the way that the, the band is presented is, is more of a cinematic kind of thing. So yeah, I love movies and soundtracks and things like that. And that's and video games. That's another huge one. Like I love video game soundtracks. Um, I don't get to play as much anymore, but yeah, you know. <laughs> awesome. Your parents sound amazing. And um, I I hear like video game stuff. I hear some sort of the sonic music concrete palette type stuff in the, in the songs. Uh, and obviously, look, you. I'm sure you have other projects that are not the Black Queen. You make yeah. you make any music you want to. There's no shackles on you, which is wonderful about this time in our lives where we have this technology to kind of freeze us to do whatever we want. You're not locked in. All you have is this two inch tape. Play that guitar riff, yeah, son. Yeah, just get it done. Uh, we gotta get it right. Imagine, like, yeah. imagine the '50s and '60s, and people are making whole records in their bedroom, and they sound like Muscle Shoals or Sound City. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. It's crazy. I, I, also, another thing. Yeah, not speaking of like that kind of stuff. I, really into Motown stuff. So like the temptations and things like that. But I love that kind of like the voice stacking and things like that. We have a lot of that in our, on our, in our music. <clears throat> oh, totally. And I hear that Motown stuff. I'm a big, uh, Jamerson guy on yeah, bass. James, so James like Jamerson's the best. God, absolute, absolute best. nuts. Like entire whole songs inside of his bass line by themselves. Yeah. 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 Just, you can listen to, uh, I don't know if like people, pe- if they don't know, if people don't know, you should go to YouTube and they'll have like solo tracks of him playing. And it's the most, it sounds insane. It's just a P bass. It's all noisy, but it, the stuff he's doing is really kind of, whoa, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. He's making a roadmap for the song kind of, it's crazy. And not to mention all bass with finger style, no picks yeah. and a very warm, you know, that P pickup. study kind of thing. Yeah, it's really, really yeah, good. Very, very nice touch on the, so on the strings. A little bit, we have yeah. a little bit of that in our music. I try to figure out ways to do stuff like that almost with a digital like, or, you know, or uh, a synth or it doesn't have to be digital synth, but try to do some weird stuff like that. We have some stuff like in a thing to end of no accusations is kind of that, that kind of trying to emulate that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. 
Killer, man. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, so what's next for you after this tour? You guys have more stuff going on? What do you have personally on tap? Oh, I'm getting pretty beat up on this tour. So I might go to like Hawaii or something for a week, do something. And then uh, I, I want to get back in the studio and start writing some more stuff because we have a little time off and figure that's the, the perfect time, especially coming off of a you know nice long U.S. tour and coming, you know, you'd be in a good spirits and up high energy. You know what I mean? So it'd be a good time to start writing some new stuff. Oh, amazing, man. I, I hate to be greedy because we just got this gift of this record last year. But, you know, certainly people would love to hear you guys have uh, new stuff eventually coming yeah, out. I, I would love to to really, you know, just work towards getting something done, you know, pretty quickly because I, I feel like we have momentum and I don't want to, you know, if you bands wait three, four years and it's just like, you know what I mean? No one cares. It's like the tool records coming out what in, in a in a couple months or three months. I don't know when it what exactly, but. It's like people have been waiting, I don't even know, 12 years or 13 years. That's a it's a long time, you know. I hear you. I think Tool is one of those bands I'll keep waiting for, but it's totally nobody else will. <laughs> it's totally fine. I mean, it, it's totally fine, but it's just they, they can do that. But like like younger bands, you can't right. you, you can't have the staying power to, to, you know what I mean, wait, wait even like three years to do something. You got to you got to keep going. I mean, Metallica did what they do five records or four records one every every like 18 months and they're all like super high like quality like you know from kill them all up through and justice for all that's crazy and they were touring the whole time mm. <laughs> so and they evolved as a band somehow and they transformed their sound yeah, all that or die right, it's, yeah they went through everything so it's there's no excuse for for anyone i you know i hear people whining and like mm, i don't want to work on stuff and it's like there's no excuse you should be able to, you know, do it. <laughs> that is amazing, man. That's great advice. Uh, and I think that's one to grow on. And we'll put a pin in it right there. Steven from the Black Queen, man. Thank yeah. you for hanging out with the Ghost Cold Magazine podcast today. Cool. Appreciate you. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.